Did a great job, you know, the field goal unit, field goal block unit did a great job, and, you know, it was tough. We just, we didn't make plays right there at the end. We had opportunities, and, you know, it's on everybody on offense. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. changed the lead of tonight's show like three or four times today right because here's how i plan the show you probably don't care but just for background like i like to have one thing at the beginning where it's like i'm gonna have an opinion on this i'm gonna have some numbers to back it up i'm gonna i'm gonna go on a little rant i'm gonna share my thoughts for 15 minutes and then we'll open it up to phone calls maybe we'll play some audio maybe we'll have a guest but for the most part the first 15 minutes of the show that's ironclad Right, I like to plan something specific for that. And as of this morning, I was going to talk about Devontae Adams and what happened on Monday Night Football and maybe a little touch of what happened in the Bucks game with the Heat last night. And then as the day went along, it's like, okay, maybe we won't talk about the Bucks. Probably instead going to talk about Monday Night Football a little bit, Devontae Adams, because he's a former Packer. That's all interesting and, and I think pertinent for us. But then I'll talk about the trade deadline because the Bears acquired Montez Sweat. That's interesting. And then the Niners acquired Chase Young. That's interesting. Okay, so little Devontae Adams, little trade deadline. And then we learned about an hour ago that the Packers traded away Rasul Douglas. I'm like, all right, scrap all that. We're not going to talk about Devontae Adams at all, maybe later in the show. Definitely not going to talk about the Bucks. Maybe we'll talk about, like, Montez Sweat to the Bears. But we're going to talk about Rasul Douglas now being a Buffalo Bill. So I've done a lot of reorganizing, a lot of shifting and, and reshaping of, of the show today. It's been a fun work in progress. Uh, watching the tweets come by and the different transactions and the different trades. It was not a star-studded trade deadline. It wasn't as exciting as last year, but still pretty interesting. The NFL trade deadline used to be like a non-event. Like if your team acquired HaHa Clinton Dix for a fourth rounder, it's like, wow, whoa. That was about as wild as it got. But these days, trade's getting a lot more common. I think more action, more movement is just better for sports leagues. I think we've shown that to be true in the NBA to a point. I think that's good in baseball. I think the league would have been a lot better. For example, had Shohei Otani moved on to a team like the Orioles or the Reds or, you know, fill in the blank, one of these other teams, and instead he doesn't make the playoffs. And baseball suffers. I think movement is good to a degree. Some leagues have overdone it. I think maybe the NBA has pushed that a little bit, maybe towed that line uh, or come pretty close to crossing it. But movement is good. The NFL trade deadline, entertaining, very good. I'm excited to talk about it tonight. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. I appreciate you all listening. We have important subject matter to cover tonight. The Packers trading away Rasul Douglas, who's one of the, I mean, I don't, I, he's one of the best players on this team. But what does that even mean? You know what I mean? This team hasn't been any good. The offense has been awful. The defense has been, you know, fine. Um, But Jair should be one of their best players. He struggled. Rashawn Gary, I think, has been absolutely one of their best players in a limited, you know, returning from injury capacity. I think Kenny Clark is really good. But Rasul Douglas, outside of a couple moments, he was pretty rough against the Lions. But again, the Lions are awesome. So I, I only take so much of that game into account. I don't throw it completely out the window, but... The Lions are operating in a different space than the Packers right now, so I don't know if that game is 
truly the best representation. But outside of that Lions game, I mean, Rasul Douglas has been awesome this year and a vocal leader, or, or if, if not a vocal leader, just a vocal person. Maybe he's not a leader. Maybe he's just loud. Maybe the Packers are like, we don't want to do, we don't want to deal with this. We don't want him talking about how the team is a losing team and he's sick of it. I, I, I don't know. But Rasul Douglas has been one of their best players and certainly one of their more public, one of their louder players for better or worse. You'd have to ask the Packers for their perspective and teammates for their perspective, but certainly one of their most important players, one of their bigger name players uh, and been on this team a couple of years. And now he's headed to Buffalo. So we got to start the show by talking about that. Some other trades today that I thought were very interesting. We'll talk with Mike Clemens in the second hour of the show. He can provide some good, I think, context for this because Mike has obviously covered the Packers for a long time. But I think back to the mid-2010s or the late 2010s, the late 20-teens, one of my favorite players on the Packers is Mike Daniels. I have a Mike Daniels jersey. I loved Mike Daniels. Very underrated, very solid interior defensive lineman in this league which I love to say, in the NFL, not just on the Packers. But he was loud and, and boisterous. And I got the sense over the years from Packers beat reporters or people who were on the team, it's like, yeah, that wore on people a little bit. You know, Mike Daniels maybe being so vocal and being so brash, wore on teammates a little bit. And and maybe some of that was going on with Rasul Douglas. I, I don't know. I'm I'm not... I'm not trying to speculate on why the Packers dealt him. I think there are some good reasons, football-related reasons to deal him. But the personality, that angle of it, I'm very excited to talk with Mike Clemens, who's in that locker room every day, and he's at games, and he's in the clubhouse after and speaking with players at their locker. So Mike Clemens should add some great information, some great background to this. We'll speak with him at 5.30. If you'd like to call the show, you can. I'm not going to start taking calls for about 10 or 15 minutes. 608-321-1670. I'm on Twitter at Wisco Grant as well. If you want to follow or tweet at me or if you're like, this guy sucks, go ahead and block me. Whatever you want to do, my Twitter is at Wisco Grant. So Rasul Douglas and a fifth rounder to Buffalo for a third rounder in return. So basically the Packers take their fifth round pick. They move up two rounds. They no longer have that fifth round pick, but now they have a third round pick. They have two third round picks. So coming coming soon from the creators of, let's see, uh, Jay Sternberger, and Josiah DeGuar and Oren Burks and Amari Rogers and Sean Ryan coming soon from the creators of all of those uh, timeless classics. We will get two third round picks in 2023. What possibly could Brian Gutekinds cook up with, with not one, but two third rounders in 2024. And of course he could trade up or trade down. So maybe he does select two players in the third round. Maybe he selects one, maybe he selects none. Who knows? You could use that, uh, those picks for, you know, a great number of many different things or, or maneuvers. In all seriousness, you know, about Rasul Douglas, they aren't winning with him. You know, there were a lot of people who seemed exasperated or a little surprised. I'm like, guys, they've lost, what, four, five in a row now? They stink. They're not winning with him. Uh, and I saw a lot of people tweeting today, you know, the, the tank memes. Man, they've been tanking. They've been losing. I don't know that the Packers need to try any harder to lose. They're tanking just fine on their own right now. I don't think that they're getting rid of Rasul Douglas in an effort to lose more games. I think they got rid of Rasul Douglas today because Rasul Douglas was kind of the sweet spot Goldilocks player that checked a lot of the boxes that you need to check to trade. Right? Like, this isn't Major League Baseball where every team deals a reliever or adds a reliever. Like, 
In July in Major League Baseball, every GM's like, hey, do you have a reliever you don't like? We'll take him. Uh, we have this guy. We don't really like him, but what the, you can acquire him and use him here and there, and it'll seem like you're doing something. We seem like we're doing something. Everybody wins. You just shuffle relievers around, right, in Major League Baseball. Andrew Chafin, perfect example. Right? The NFL is not Major League Baseball where you just kind of sometimes make moves to make moves. The NFL is a little bit more specific. Right? You need to check a lot of boxes to be a trade candidate at the trade deadline. Step one, right? In, at least in the case of a team like the Packers, you need to be a player that no longer fits the current timeline of the team. Right? You need to be a player that's either good right now but won't be good or won't be young or won't be in the prime of your career in two or three years when the team is good, if the team is rebuilding. Or, you know, like Trey Lance with the Niners. Trey Lance might be good one day. I would bet against it at this point. Trey Lance might be good one day, but he's not good right now, and that's when the Niners needed him to be good. So step one for a player becoming a trade candidate is that player does not fit the current timeline of the team. And this Packers team is young as hell. So there aren't many players on this Packers roster where it's like, man, you're a little old. You're not going to be around when this thing comes to fruition. There's Rasul Douglas. You know, you could maybe say Devondre Campbell, Preston Smith, probably. But other than that, like, I, I don't know if there's anyone I'm missing. Like, is there an older player? Kenny Clark is older, but he's only 28. Like, if he plays another two years, he could really help this team turn around and, and build it up from the spot they are now. It's not like Kenny Clark's about to retire uh, or about to be cut as a veteran to save a couple million bucks. So there aren't many candidates on this Packers team for a trade. Step one being that, that, that a player doesn't fit the timeline anymore. It's basically Rasul Douglas, Devondre Campbell, and Preston Smith. So that's step one. Step two, you know, is the player playing well? Is the player having a good season? Preston Smith is fine. I don't know if he's lighting the world on fire, although Sunday's game was his best game yet, and maybe that wasn't, maybe he wanted to get traded. Who knows? Devondre Campbell's been banged up. I don't know that he's the most enticing player. Like, man, Devondre Campbell's having a great year. I don't know if that's true. Rasul Douglas is having an awesome year. Again, outside of the Detroit game, he's been stellar, and he's a veteran. He's been around the league. He's experienced. Right, So he is a player that doesn't fit the Packers' timeline. He's having a great season. And then step three that I wrote down this afternoon when I was trying to figure out, you know, why trade this guy but not this guy? Or why was this guy a trade candidate? Step three, can the player get a return that's worthwhile? And or can the Packers save any money this year and beyond? You know what I mean? Like some people when they clean out their closet, especially if they're, they're very fashionable, they got nice clothes. They sell it. You know, they create an Instagram page or whatever. I I'm not making money on the clothes that I get rid of. I just donate them to Goodwill. It's like, yeah, this is a fine hoodie, but no one's buying this for $10. Like, I'll, I'll take it to Goodwill. It's fine. So the player that, that is being traded away needs to bring in a return that's worthwhile or save the Packers money in, in 2023 or beyond. And the Bills lost Tredavious White. They're trying to win a Super Bowl, so they're motivated to maybe just pay a little bit more in the instance of, of this season and what's going on in their season. So according to Ken Ingles, this saves the Packers 800 k in 2023. And I'm trying to get this correct to make sense of this. I think I read this correctly, that this saves them a little over $6 million in 2024. Ken Ingles, who does the Packers cap, you might follow him on Twitter or you know Facebook, Instagram, wherever, threads. Uh, he said, Packers trade Rasul Douglas. They save 
800000 and change in 2023 salary cap. He had an $11.6 million cap hit in 2024 and $2.5 million dead in 2025 when his contract was going to void. Instead, the Packers will have 5.1 dead cap in 2024 and with $6.5 million in cap savings. I'm reading that correctly, right? Six and a half million, six-ish in savings. So it's worthwhile. They can get a third-round pick because I think the Bills are a little bit more motivated to make this happen. They need a corner, right? Before Tredavious White got hurt, uh, ESPN Stats and Info tweeted this out today. Buffalo had eight interceptions weeks one through four. Since Tredavious White got injured in week four, they have zero interceptions. Now, part of that is, you know, interceptions could be fluky. What quarterbacks are you playing? Right? Are there tipped passes? Did a wide receiver fall down? So interceptions can be a little fluky. But that Bills defense needs to be awesome, especially to fill in the cracks when Josh Allen maybe has one of his his poopy diaper games where he all of a sudden goes from being maybe the best quarterback in football to a guy that looks like he couldn't start at UW-Stout. And I... Starting in the WIAC is no joke. I don't mean to make light of my hometown Blue Devils. But the Bills are motivated to get this done. This is worthwhile for the Packers to go through all this because they can get a third-round pick and save some money. And also, this trade doesn't create a new need for the Packers. And I think that's important, right? Goody was going to need to address cornerback anyways because I don't think the long-term answer is some combination of Eric Stokes, Carrington Valentine, and Jair I don't know if Jair is part of the long-term answer I I don't know by the end of the season he might transform into a I I don't know they keep losing games like this something he he might I don't I don't know I don't know how Jair Alexander is gonna react to all this he's an odd guy as cornerbacks typically are star cornerbacks typically are they're wired a little bit differently and I think that comes with the nature of the position you got to be a little nuts to go out there and do that job every single week and go up against the best wide receivers some of the best athletes in the world Goody was going to need to address cornerback anyways he's going to need to address the back end of this defense safeties and corners and trading away Rasul Douglas does not change that fact whereas if the Packers traded away like Rashawn Gary I know that's a very different player at a very different stage of his career that's obviously why they didn't trade him but if the Packers got rid of Rashawn Gary or they didn't want to extend him well now they've created a new need for themselves or if they traded away Preston Smith, you probably need to add to that position. Whereas right now, I think I'm okay with the defensive line and the edge rusher position. You might take some later round picks to, to supplement that position and, and hope you find a, a nice solid player later on in the draft, like Kingsley Anigbare, right? He fits that profile. But I, I don't think the Packers need to be going edge rusher or D lineman in the top 10 or top 15. They might at corner or safety at this point. And that fact was not going to change with or without Rasul Douglas on this team. So this does not really change the future calculus of team building. You get a pick back. You get some cap savings. You're not winning with him. The defense doesn't look awesome with him. I don't see any reason not to like this. Plus, Rasul Douglas is a good player, and now he gets to go play in Buffalo and try to win a championship. That's cool. That's cool for Rasul Douglas. So I'm excited to watch that. Although, of course, I said the same thing about Devontae Adams and... Vegas and look how that turned out he looked mad last night like there are some wide receivers like CD Lamb's frustrated he's not getting the ball or Justin Jefferson you know is frustrated on the sideline he's having a conversation with a coach or or with Kirk Cousins dude Devon I'm not telling Devontae Adams a damn thing he is terrifying and I like I mean that in the best of way like that dude is an unbelievable athlete who's all business I'm not telling him anything 
You see, when he was mad on the bench, you see how many people came over to talk to him? <laughs> Nobody. That's going to be an awkward, awkward locker room around Devontae Adams. That was an awkward flight back to Vegas last night. Man. I was excited to watch Devontae Adams in Vegas, and look how that's turned out. So who knows how it goes for Rasul Douglas, but best of luck. Doesn't fit the timeline, fetch the Packers a nice little return, and has a chance to go compete in Buffalo. And again, this is why mobility, I think, in professional sports is good, to a degree. You can have too much mobility, like James Harden getting his way and forcing his way onto the Clippers. Like That's annoying. Like Why does he get to quit on team after team after team and get his way? That sucks. That mobility is not good for the league. Rasul Douglas or Chase Young, or Montez Sweat, or Donovan Peoples-Jones, who got dealt out of Cleveland and is going to go, I think, fit awesome in Detroit and really contribute to what they're doing. That mobility is good. I want more good players on more good teams. And right now, the Packers are not a good team. And Rasul Douglas is a good player. He's having a good year. So best of luck to him in Buffalo. We'll keep talking about this. Trade deadline moves in the NFL today. Mike Clemens will join us in a little bit over an hour. He will no doubt be able to add some great details to this story and help clue us in further on What's going on? Let's take a three-minute break. Love to take your calls and your tweets next. It's the Wisco Sports Show. Back in three minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Sports Show. Appreciate you listening. We're reacting to some trades in the NFL today. Packers dealing Rasul Douglas to Buffalo. Mick tweets at me, at Wisco Grant. Says, wait until Douglas is the next Micah Hyde. That's a little different. Micah Hyde, and of course we all thought about that today. Because Micah Hyde was another member of the Packers secondary. They didn't trade him to Buffalo. They let him walk for nothing. And I... Something I try to avoid on this show as much as I can is like, I think revisionist history, I I think sports radio is full of revisionist history, where it's like a lot of radio hosts be like, I hated that move at the time. I knew they should have kept him. It's like, I don't remember what I thought about Micah Hyde in 2016. It's like, it was like eight years ago. I can't remember. I don't even know. It's seven, eight years ago. I don't remember what I thought, but you know, I listen to Packer people. I like Aaron Nagler a lot. Uh, I like Annie Herman a lot. And all those folks will say, like, Micah Hyde was really good. And he did a lot of the things that the Packers needed on defense, and they let him go for nothing. Now, Casey Hayward, they also let him go. Casey Hayward was banged up. And availability is the best ability. That was an ability that Casey Hayward lacked. So, in hindsight, I understand why they let Casey Hayward go, even though he went on to do great things. Micah Hyde was perplexing. He doesn't want to pony up to pay for him. And then he goes on to Buffalo to do great things. And I hope that Russell Douglas has an awesome year. I'd like to see the Bills go on a run in the AFC. It feels like they they came so close a couple of years ago. And as a Packers fan, I know what that feels like. I'd like to see Josh Allen and the Bills get over the hump. And now I can cheer for Russell Douglas. 608-321-1670. A couple calls. Tim is in Sparta. Tim, hello. It's been too long. Well, well Grant, uh, first off, I'd like to say I love your show. You know, I'd rather listen to you um, than uh, the two hours worth of smack talk that I have to listen to that's tape delayed before your show gets on. Um, and then I won 20 bucks today because of the Rasul Douglas trade. Did you bet on it? Was, yes, I did. Um, buddy of mine says, oh, they can't get rid of him. And I says, just as soon as he came out and said, we don't know what we're doing on defense, and we don't make any adjustments at halftime. 
when that came out, I said immediately to my guy, my buddy who was watching the game with me, I go, well, he's going to be traded before the trade deadline. And my buddy said, no way, they can't afford to let him go. He's too good. And I said, 20 bucks. So I, I get to go out for lunch with my wife now for free. So, so I think it's a great trade for him. Yeah. Um, and the fact that we're going to suck this year, whether he's here or not, um, I would I would be happier if it was either a second round or a fourth round. Because our third rounders pretty much traditionally suck anyway. Um, but maybe Goody will do something good with this third round pick. Um, Seems so that our third I mean, round picks are cursed. Every single one of them for however many years now. Just trade them. Just package it up, move it into a late second or an early fourth. I'm with you. I like that strategy. I'm, I'm saying we should just continuously do that. You know, do that. Get more fourth round picks because we do better with a fourth round pick than a third. But anyway, um, so I'm happy for him. But what I want to take umbrage with you over is your take on yesterday's show. And I could only listen to the first you know, your first opening rant, which I normally love. But yesterday I said, am I watching the same football game that you are? Because Jordan Love sucked yesterday or on, on Sunday. I mean, he absolutely sucked. If you go back and look at the tape, there were seven passes that were either over the head of an open receiver or in the dirt or somewhere where the open receiver couldn't get to the ball in stride and or get to it and do anything with it. Um, his timing has gotten worse. That's his true. vision yes. of, the, of, the, of the field has gotten worse. Now, is it all on him? Oh, no. I'm, I'm putting quite a bit of this blame on uh, the coach. The uh, floor, ever since he came out and said the words, gee, I hope that our special teams doesn't cost us the game right before it cost us the game. You got to question the guy's head coaching ability. And ever since then I have, um, so no, it's not on all on Jordan love, but at the second time he sucks and there's no getting around it. He just does. Interesting. So, so now, now I haven't watched the all 22, Tim, uh, Badgers basketball starts uh -huh. this week, so some of my all twenty-two time has gone into reading uh, Big Ten previews. You know, you know, focusing on the Bucks, some other things, because the Packers just stink. Well, like I'm not, I'm not putting hours and, research and heard, in. But go ahead. And I heard Heilprin say, you know, that you do all this <laughs> research on basketball. So you know, I take you at your word. Oh my God. Um, but he, here's the thing: like Jordan Love was not great. No. But we need to reset the way we watch quarterbacks a little bit because for the reality of the NFL and the reality of a lot of fan bases, like quarterbacks miss throws every game, miss a couple throws every game. Like if, if you have the 15th best quarterback in football, then average quarterback is going to miss a couple throws every game. So if we're going to live the rest of our post Aaron Rodgers life saying that, oh, our quarterback missed two or three throws today, he was awful. I, we're going to be unhappy for a long time and unsatisfied for a long time. Our, our standards just have to have to shift a little bit don't you think well my problem with that statement that you just made was two or three throws it's not two or three in every game it's gotten progressively worse 
and it's gone from a couple to now it's seven or eight. If you go back and look at the tape, passes behind guys, passes late to guys, passes the, the first pass that he that he had to um, uh, Jones. Um, Jones has run that route for how many years has he been in Green Bay? The little flare pass it went right off his you, hands. You know where he's going. If you look at it, he has to twist instead of catching the ball in front of him. Like, like the top 20 quarterbacks in the league can do, he had to twist and try to catch that ball over his head. Now, he claims that, you know, that's my fault for not bringing it in. That's, that's a horrible throw. And that's a guy who, who you got to remember, everybody says, oh, Jordan Love first year well how many practice sessions over the last the previous two years has he run with the ones how many times has he made that throw in practice because when Rogers thumb was hurt he was having all the number one throws for how many games 10 uh, in, in, in practice so he's making that throw every single day yeah before then, it was it was when uh, Rogers sat out the preseason. You know, pretty much, he was making all the throws with the number one team. So yeah, this is his first year of actual quote unquote live, you know, on the field. But you should have a muscle memory going. He's he's running the little flare. I just need to throw it here, and he can't even do that. So, so I, yeah, I, I, I am I expecting the world? No, but <laughs> come on, Grant. I don't know. I'm hey, hey, Tim. I know where you're coming from. I got to get to a couple other callers. It was nice to hear from you. You know, I appreciate you always. Have a great day. Yeah, be well. That's our friend Tim and Sparta, longtime caller. I don't know. I just expect Aaron Jones to catch that ball. Like Aaron Jones is a vet. Aaron Jones is the best weapon on this offense. He's the most trustworthy player on this offense. Um, I don't have a clip of that throw in front of me. I don't remember it being like an egregious, you know, ball that was way too high or way too low. I don't know, man. That's Aaron Jones. Like everyone wants Aaron Jones to get 40 touches a game. It's not like he's racking up rushing yards when he's getting touched. I don't know. Aaron Jones has been fine ever since he's come back from his hamstring. I'm not trying to be anti-Aaron Jones, but catch the ball. Cone Roller is here, 608-321-1670. What's up, Cone? Hey, Grant. I kind of like Tim's call. Mm-hmm. I, I think we, we need to, you know, our expectations. Jordan Love is not a first-year quarterback. He is a fourth-year quarterback. This and is, for him to be missing these throws is still a little concerning. This is, this is what's so difficult. And I remember talking about this with Arif Hassan last week. It's like, how do you evaluate a guy who's playing football for the first time in way less than ideal circumstances, but also has had three years to acclimate himself to the NFL. Like, I don't, I don't know the rule book for this. You know, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know, like, what are the bullet points? What are the steps we're supposed to follow? And what's the timeline for a player? Like, it's such a bizarre circumstance. Yeah, we need one of those, like, how-to for dummy books. Yes. <laughs> yes. Which, the, by the way, the Packers are supposed to, they wrote that book. It's their book. So I hope they have a plan for how to evaluate this, because... I don't know. He's playing with a bunch of kids, and yeah, it's his first year as a starter, but he's got years of experience. I I don't know how you weigh all of those variables. I hope the Packers do because this is what they signed up for. Yeah, for sure. And then with this Rasul Douglas trade, I I mean, I get why they did it. I I, I see the value, but 
from a leadership standpoint, I think this is a, a kick to the huevos. Yeah. You you have minimal leadership on this team, and you just shipped one of your probably one of your top three leaders out the door in an already crumbling team. We'll we'll see what happens. I, I get that it had to be done, but dang, this is going to hurt the locker room if I had to guess. And that's a mentally weak locker room to begin with, starting with Matt Lafleur. Yeah, and I'm week by week more ready to have the Matt Lafleur conversation uh, again. I I want to see how this year plays out. We haven't even gotten to the halfway point in in terms of games played yet, right? They have 17 games. We played seven games so far. I want to see more, but week after week, I I just don't see it getting better. Jordan Love looks less confident in the offense every week. That's concerning. Have you have you been listening to Colin Cowherd? Because he's been he's been he's going guns blazing on the Packers. I also feel like Jordan Love is a national story, but the Packers aren't. And in order to talk about Jordan Love, I think fairly and accurately, you have to talk about the Packers as a whole. And a lot of national talkers aren't doing that. It's like, I told you Jordan Love's a backup. It's like, okay, but if you're talking about Jordan Love, you also got to talk about the rest of the team. And and that's something that most national talkers haven't been doing. I, I don't know, though. Like, I'm on the air with Bill when Cowherd's on. So sometimes I see the ticker, like, and I see he's talking about Jordan Love, but I don't hear a lot of it. Mm, okay. Yeah, he's been he's been really reading into LaFleur's pressers over the past couple of weeks. He's like, yeah, it's been the same press conference the last five weeks in a row. I also and don't really care about press conferences that I don't care about press conferences that much. Like, what do you want him to do? Spill state secrets to the to Ryan Wood and Bill Huber? Like, he's just up there filling time. I, I don't know, but I but he doesn't exactly project strength. I totally get that. Yeah, and I think you can read between the lines on a lot of the stuff. Um, I heard a Rasul Douglas, or not Rasul Douglas, uh, Romeo Dobbs interview earlier today. And from what he said, he didn't explicitly say it, but kind of what Rodgers was saying last year, we need to simplify. And now that we got the big bad man, AR-12, out of town, who who is the leader of this team? Who is who's the one talking to the floor saying we need to make things simple? I, I don't know. I don't know either. You'd like to think Jordan Love, you know, but he's been playing football. I mean, shoot, he's played less football than Christian Watson has. You know, he's been there. He's been around, but he's played less football. It's it's just not a great scenario. I love that they're rebuilding and they're starting over. I, I hate that they've also paired this rebuilding year with an evaluation year with their quarterback. Like that's just that's that's really you're trying to thread a really tiny needle. And they might still do it by the end of the year, but it's not looking great. Well, if you look around the league, I don't think there's many teams that are rebuilding with a guy that could be their franchise quarterback. Very true. And and maybe and maybe that that's we maybe we should read between those lines and say the Packers think that Jordan Love's probably not their guy. Like they're giving him a God's honest shot to go out there and and show it, but they're thinking about next year and the year beyond. And and if Jordan Love by God looks great. Like, awesome, but the Packers could very well be thinking past Jordan Love already. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, and two things to finish up the call. Yeah, agreed. There was there was the, the sources in camp saying, you know, Jordan Love is nothing special. Practice, he's not showing anything. That may be true. And then second, I think we might owe David Bakhtiari an apology because I think before the season started, he's like, yeah, the organization, they, they don't want to sell it to us as a rebuild, but it is rebuild. And now eight weeks into it, yeah, it's definitely a rebuild. Who was the one who was arguing it wasn't a rebuild? Is that Bukowski? I remember Packers Twitter had like a, a two days war about whether they were rebuilding or not. And I'm like, I don't ca- call it whatever you want, but they're obviously not contending for a Super Bowl. You, you can argue whatever language you want to argue, but 
I don't know. Yeah, that was definitely Bukowski. He's like, oh, we just need to fix up the curtains, put a new thing of wallpaper on. Yeah. Um, but today he admitted that he's taken an out, and credit to Pete for admitting it. Yeah. Gotta give a, you know, tip the cap. Friend of show, Pete Bukowski. Appreciate you, Cone. Good luck to your Diamondbacks. Yeah, tough game last night. No but, you know, I still believe we're going to win tonight, even up the series. Hey, they came back in Philly. They can do anything. All right, there goes Cone Roller. Appreciate you, Cone. 608-321-1670. Denny and Holman is right there. Denny, I'm going to get to you in a... Ah, wait, it's 437. All right, we're going to get Denny, then we're going to take a break. Denny, what's going on? Welcome. Thank you very much. Enjoying the show. Yeah, um, I I agree with you, Grant, on Jordan. I'm going to come to his defense. Uh, first of all, we've got a patched-up line. You know, and that line is making a lot of mistakes, a lot of penalties, a lot of different occurrences is happening down there. We have no idea what love scrutiny, what's going through him. You know, he's running for his life. Uh, Rogers, we, two years ago already, it was out that our receivers were like stuck in glue that they couldn't get open, you know. And it's just like, it's hard to believe that like I, on Bill's show, too, Bill said that, you know, there's that time when you see the receiver and then you got to throw the ball, you know, mm-hmm. and anticipate. But he says he feels that Jordan's a little bit behind that. Well, you know, maybe that's because he's running for his life, you know. I hear all these different uh, nuances of people saying, yeah, this is not good and love's not good and this ain't good. And, and it's like you said, basically – we were we heard so much out of Lambo that Love had his connections, you know, with his two receivers, with Watson, and you know, with Dobbs and stuff. And it's like, but now when it comes to fruition, it's like, what happened? I mean, it just can't disappear overnight. I've been really underwhelmed with Dobbs and Watson. I don't think Watson is the well-rounded wide receiver one that can do everything. Maybe one day that's the Packers' goal for them. I think Christian Watson has a very, at this point, very specific and unique set of skills. And I think throwing jump balls in the end zone for him at the end of every game is is not him. That's not his bag at all. No, it's not. No, it's not. And the same thing with Watson, you know. Watson could go up a little bit tougher, too, and, and go after the ball. He could. But You know, I mean, but, that, would but, help, that would help Jordan. Just think if Jordan would hit one of those. You know, they say, well, the big thing was there was a 77-yard play, you know, after contact and blah, blah, blah with Watson. But really, if you look, I think he was targeted 29 times and he was only he only caught 12 passes. Yeah, it's it's not that's, been that's an efficient you know, partnership, Jordan Love and Christian and, Watson. And another, and another thing I wanted to make a point on, I heard Bill today saying, we paid Gary all that money, right? Mm-hmm. Well, is he a top five? Is he a top ten? No, yeah, I mean... He's certainly top 10, yeah. I'd I'd say he's fifth or sixth, yeah. Somewhere around there, maybe. Definitely, but I mean, here you got... You remember the Badgers had Van Ginkle, and he was one heck of a ball player, (laughs) and now he's playing for Miami. Yeah. And he's in the the top 10, you know? Uh, I mean, I... And when we have have a chance to take a Badger, we take Vince Beagle. Yeah, so you, you are correct about the T.J. Watt, Kevin King decision. Denny, I got to run. I appreciate you. We'll talk again soon. Nice to talk with you. All right. You bet. Take care, bud. Yeah, have a good one. Van, 
Damn it, Denny. Yesterday you brought up Jared. But Denny, I love your comps because I'm not really sure that they make any sense, but I just love it because you're the only one pulling these names out of a hat. Like you were the only one that would have brought up Jared Bush in a conversation about Jair Alexander yesterday. And you're definitely the only one who could have turned a Rashawn Gary conversation into an Andrew Van Ginkle name drop. And I appreciate that about you. I do, Denny. As a Rashawn Gary skeptic, I love this deal, by the way. We mentioned this yesterday very briefly at the end of the show. I love this deal because this deal accurately represents the player that Rashawn Gary has been. He's very good, but he's not tippy top of the market, which is fine because only a couple players are. I think this deal is awesome. It never eclipses $30 million annually. It it represents the player that Rashawn Gary is. And I tip my capture Rashawn Gary because he blew out his ACL last year and came back. And yeah, he's had some limitations, you know, playing time snaps wise. But he's been awesome when he's been on the field. So this deal is great for Gary. It's great for the Packers. 10 out of 10. He's no Andrew Van Ginkle, but I appreciate you, Denny. Let's take a break. We'll come back, take more calls. Keep talking Packers. Rasul Douglas is out. He's now a member of the Buffalo Bills. We'll keep discussing that next on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. So you, you don't even get into the, the what you work on all week and what you plan for. You can't even get into your your normal rhythm because you're not moving the chains. So uh, that's what's disappointing. You put all this time and effort into something, and you come up with a plan, and you can't even you don't even give yourself a chance to go execute it. We're playing two minute ball the whole second half. Wisco Sports Show. That is the most damning soundbite. You know, a lot of people, they don't like Matt LaFleur because he's soft, shows little emotion, la bum, la hack, la fraud, you know, whatever. As a coach, I've really liked Matt LaFleur for a couple years. I think he's really sharp schematically. I think he's woke when it comes to fourth down decision making, which is one of my favorite terms used on analytics Twitter. I like Ben Baldwin and Eric Eager. Like, I think Matt LaFleur does the right things. He goes for the right fourth downs. He kicks field goals, punts in the right moments. I really like Matt LaFleur. His personality might be a little softer, but not every football coach is a macho man. And all coaches are different, and they have different strengths and weaknesses. But that quote about, well, we couldn't even get into our game plan because we were living in third and long. Matt! Your team's been in third and long for the better part of a month. That needs to become the new game plan. Your game plan can't hinge on your team doing something that your team hasn't been able to do in a month. You know what I mean? So I hear that soundbite and I was like, wait, so you did all this prep work. You did all this practice. You did all this install and all this game planning over the week. And none of it was put to use. None of it. You wasted a whole week. Because you just assumed that, for whatever reason, unlike the last couple weeks, your team would just waltz in and be effective on early downs and be able to avoid third and long. No, that has to be the new game plan, Matt. The new game plan is staying out of third and long because your team has not been able to prove that they can stay out of third and long without extra attention on those neutral passing situations, those first and 10, those, you know, second, whatever, second and six. Your team's dying on early downs. Your game plan can't hinge on your team's ability to execute on first and 10. It's so much wasted time, so much wasted prep. That was Danny. I heard that in the press conference. I was like, so what? It, so the entire last week of practice is light that on fire? Okay, that's that really paints a picture of 
of how things are going. 608-321-1670. UWL Thomas is here. What's going on, Thomas? Welcome. What is up, Grant? Happy Tuesday. A Tuesday worth of snow. Yes. Not much that is really, like, sticking, but blah. Too early for me. What about you, quick? Uh, it's been fine. Like, I didn't really have an emotional reaction to this Sewell Douglas trade. It's like, okay, so they dealt a good player to a team that's contending, got a pick. All right. It's a bummer. I like Rasul Douglas, but I, I don't know. I was yeah. not shocked. I, I was not bent out of shape about this one way or another. Right, right. Um, just uh, some quick uh, takes that I want to get your opinion on here, Grant. Uh, Chase Young to the Niners. Uh, personally, I believe that is going to make the, the 49ers dynamic and a team to be reckoned with, I think, on the defensive side. If you were to get, grade that A through F, what would you give that? Well, I mean, like, I don't know about a letter grade. It, it's a move that really mirrors what the Eagles were doing last year. Like, the Eagles had an offensive, right. an awesome defensive line. And then they said, oh, we're going to add, we're going to add just a couple. Like, we're going to add some depth. We're going to add a guy here in case of injury. Like, the, the, the trenches, especially the defensive line, because you can rotate guys in and out in a way that you can on the offensive line. Right. Like, I, I, I just think that a contending team adding a horse like that. And the Niners like their blue chippers. And Chase Young is obviously a blue chipper. So I think it makes all the sense in the world for them in the place that they're in. Absolutely. Two really quick things, Grant, before you get to some other callers. Uh, Donald Driver, um, I caught this in an article, um, said that, and I quote, love is the future of the Packers and can, can eventually be compared to Rodgers and Favre, but he won't commit to saying if Green Bay made the right choice. He says, I'm not going to commit. I'm not going to say they make the right decision. There comes a point when both sides have to be happy. It's like a marriage. That's a good analogy. Both sides have to be happy. If one side isn't, they're going to break up. I think it got to a point where both sides weren't happy, at least with Rodgers, and they decided to part ways. And he says, be patient. And I think that's something, Grant, G-Bills, uh, that we need to preach to our Packer people. You know, too many people calling in, you know, the Bill show, too, just um, just babying, almost in a sense. I mean, like, oh, you know, the Packers, ah, you know, like, just going all nuts, though. But let, let's just give it a chance, you know? Like, let's just pump the brakes. I'm telling people again, CHI, WLOUC, chill out. Remember how Rodgers did year one, Grant, and compare it to how Love is doing right now. It's his first quote-unquote official year. So, yeah. And then one more thing, Grant, your reaction to Jack Harlow announced as the <laughs> Thanksgiving halftime show performance uh, person for Packers line. Jack. Um, I So, my buddy, it's funny you asked. Thank you, Thomas, for the call. My buddy was playing a Jack Harlow song on Sunday. We were watching the game in his basement. I don't know if it was after the game, and he just had some music on the speakers. I'm like, who is this? I really like this. And then I shazammed it. It was Jack Harlow. It's like, oh, God. I'm supposed to know that. I'm supposed to be able to pick out a, a Jack Harlow song. Um, so I, I'm not the guy to ask for uh, for comments on hip-hop music. I do think, you know, I'm all for being patient, Thomas, but the offense looks worse every week. That's not supposed to be how this works. Like, they started the season looking great. Like, the Bears game was awesome. And the Falcons game, other than the fourth quarter, was pretty great. Like, the offense looked functional, and the passing game was humming. Like, they were do- they were doing good things against the Falcons. And then against the Saints, that's a legit defense with a physical secondary. They struggled for three quarters, and then they made some plays when it mattered most. And ever since then, it feels like it's gotten worse every week. So, yeah, there's supposed to be ups and downs. But really, for well over a month now, it's just getting worse and worse and worse. So, I... I don't know that we need to be patient. I don't know that I ascribe to that anymore. I, I, I don't know that it 
I don't know that I don't know that I can tell you be patient it'll get better because I'm not seeing evidence right now that it will get better. Now there's nothing we can do. You know you know what I mean. I'll tell you to just chill out and and take every week as it comes. But for Packers fans, are like, well, just be patient. It'll get better. I don't know that it will. I'm not getting I'm not getting evidence on a week to week basis that it will get better. Let's take a three minute break. I'm running out of time. We'll wrap up our number one of the Wisco Sports Show next. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Got about a minute here before we got to go. I think a cone roller, because cone roller always says that I ride the fence, that I never take a stand. You know, I'm not all the way out on Matt LaFleur and Brian Gutekinds and Mark Murphy and Jordan Love. But I'm also not, like that call we just got from Thomas. I'm not sitting here on Halloween saying, oh, it's fine. Be patient. They're young. Yeah, they are. But we're getting down to it here. I need to see some life. I need to see some promise. Don't need to see wins. I've been abundantly clear about that. The Packers could win one or two more games the rest of the year. I'd be fine. I wouldn't lose any sleep. But I need to see some life. I need to see some signs of improvement and some signs that these guys are getting it. And right now, I'm getting evidence to the contrary. So week by week, I'm more out on Matt LaFleur. Not because the team is losing. I understand the circumstances around this team. But because they look more confused and more out of sorts every week. So I don't want to fire everyone. This is a disaster. But I don't know. I'm going to push back a little bit on Thomas's call there. (laughs) We've been going for a while now. I'm seeing regression. Not progression. That's a problem. So, yes, I'm patient, but I I ain't that patient. There's lots of problems. They should be better than this. Let's take a two-minute break. Get an update from Zach Heilprin. The Wisco Sports Show continues. Hour number two. Mike Clemens on the way. Don't miss him. Back after this. Opportunities. Defense did a great job. You know, the field goal unit, field goal block unit did a great job. And, you know, it was tough. We, just, we didn't make plays right there at the end. We had opportunities. And, you know, it's on everybody on offense. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. You know, Cone Roller is living in my head. I said right before we took that last break, I always think about how he accuses me of riding the fence, which I do because a lot of times, you know, when we argue about a take or a player or a coach, like the truth is often somewhere in the middle. Like if we're arguing about a player and people are like, that player sucks. And then another group is like, no, the best player ever. And then I'm the one who's like, guys, it's probably a little bit of both. Okay. And Cone's like, pick a side, Grant. Take a stand. It's like, well, I'm also trying to be right and reasonable. Cone is living rent-free in my head because I'm thinking about that call that we had back towards 4.30 where Brian Gutekind's trading away Rasul Douglas today, right, and and surrounding Jordan Love with a bunch of kids and an offensive line that's really not all that great. One could infer, imply, would we be implying or inferring? How does that work again? One could look at the evidence and draw the conclusion, let's say that, that Brian Gutekinst maybe isn't that high on Jordan Love and that he is making moves and building for next year and beyond. Right? 
So by not putting great weapons around Jordan Love and by not really investing in the O-line and, and really just kind of throwing Jordan Love in the pool in the deep end and saying, all right, swim or sink, figure it out. Does that mean he's just not really buying into Jordan Love? He's like, all right, you're our guy this year. You've been on the bench, but, you know, we're not really going to set you up to succeed because I really don't care. I'm thinking about quarterbacks next year and the year after. Or one could argue that Brian Gutekunst is so confident in the future of Jordan Love that he knows that Jordan Love can go out there and struggle through this and be fine. Either one of those could be true, I guess. It's like, do you have any house plants? This is the best. This is the best analogy that I can think of. Like, I have a couple of house plants, uh, and I recently let a house plant die a couple weeks ago because I was just sick of watering it and trimming it. And I'm like, I don't even like. I don't like the pot that I put you in. Like, I'm getting nothing from this relationship with this house plant. Okay. So I just kind of stopped watering it. And one day it's like, oh, it's dead. What happened? And then I took it out to the dumpster and I threw it away. I chose to not water it. I chose to not prune it. I didn't really give it prime real estate in front of a window or a door. Because at the end of the day, I knew, everybody knew, Grant's really not that into that house plant. Like he could get rid of it, but... He's not going to throw away living plants. He'll just kind of let it die. Maybe Jordan Love is like a house plant that Brian Gutekunst has in his apartment, and he's just going to kind of just let it die. Like, We're not really going to water you. We're not really going to give you any support. And, oh, no, the plant died. I guess we'll have to draft another one. Oh, no, which is really what Brian Gutekunst wanted all along. I don't know. Maybe that's part of the calculus. Brian Gutekunst giving a press conference tomorrow, by the way. He announced he's going to speak at 11 with the Green Bay media. Mike Clemens will be there for that. I can ask Mike specifically about what he thinks of this trade, what Rasul Douglas brought to the locker room, what he's taking with him now, and what he's leaving behind in Green Bay. Uh, He's going to join us at 5.30. I'd like to continue to take your comments as well. I'm trying to sit the fence. I got a lot of callers that think Matt LaFleur sucks and he's awful and they need to clean house. I'm not there. I think this is a fan base that's been used to winning for a long time. And this year's hitting us in the face a little bit. And we want heads on spikes like in Game of Thrones. And I am not there yet. I'm not thrilled with Matt LaFleur. I don't think he's doing a bang-up job. But I think we have a body of work the last couple of years that would show that he's he's pretty good. But he had Aaron Rodgers. Well, yeah, but he also helped Aaron Rodgers be great. You're telling me that Aaron Rodgers won two MVPs by himself? I'm not saying Matt LaFleur won those MVPs for Rodgers, but there was something that Matt LaFleur brought to the table, and I think he's a modern, forward-thinking NFL coach. And I think he runs good offense. I don't know that he's a great game planner. I don't know that during the week he is the best head coach. I don't know that he's the best at building out a staff. There's something in there that I like, but week by week by week, I like it less. So I'm not ready for heads on spikes. I'm also not UWL Thomas, who called this right before 5 o'clock, who's like, let's be patient. It's like, no, we're we're running thin on patience. There's a lot of season left. There's a lot to play out, and I'm excited to see what these wide receivers and tight ends do, but... From a game planning and installation standpoint, Matt LaFleur, stock goes down every week. I No, there's not much patience left. We've seen the same thing for five or six weeks, and Matt LaFleur has shown an inability to, to kick out of that and, and, and to, to, to zig or to zag when his team def- desperately needs a change. So, no, I'm, I'm not telling you all to be patient. Uh, I just don't want to put a head on a spike yet. So I'm, I'm kind of hanging out in the middle ground. 608-321-1670, Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? It's Ed. Ed, oh, Ed in Madison, you son of a gun. It's been too long. How are you? Good. I decided to take a break because I was having phone issues with my Bluetooth, and I kept getting cut off or whatever, and I heard, uh, I don't know, who was it? Uh, 
Tanner's cone, maybe. Uh, we were kind of having a difference of opinion on something, and I think it was Packers probably. Um, but uh, and then my blinkers were so somehow getting brought into the middle of our conversation. So I don't know windshield wipers or whatever. So I thought, well, today I reset my Bluetooth. So let's see what happens today. So, well, you sound great, Ed. You sound crystal clear. I'm ready for some reasonable Packers takes. What are you thinking? You know, I really respect your opinions, Ed. You've seen a lot of football. You always bring measured, reasonable that. analysis here. Well, I got a, I got a guy that I work out with. He carries the G pretty good, so he, he kind of keeps it real. Oh, Big Dave Gasper? Um, yeah. So, listen, I, I think we've been set up this year for this type of year, and I think we all know it. I just think a lot of fans – are fanatics and they want they want heads to roll. I mean, we have to kind of look at this and be a realistic fan. Realistic. Bakhtiari gone. Offensive line in turmoil. We lost Aaron Jones. He's back, but he's not being utilized. I want him to use Aaron Jones like Miami uses um, their running back. Out of set him out in the flat. Send them out over the middle. Have them have a they have a linebacker have to guard Aaron. You know, maybe maybe we got to be a little more creative. And that's what really upsets me about LaFleur. Okay, he's a, supposed to be a a coach. You know, an offensive minded coach. Mm-hmm. It looks pretty um, <laughs> not enthusiastic offense to watch. Yeah. Um, and I know you can't. You can only do so much with what you have, but you have Aaron Jones. (laughs) Aaron Jones, he can be a lightning rod for that team. He he shows it when he's out there. We do move the ball. I also, I want to walk a very thin tightrope, Ed. I'm going to attempt to do this. I'm not saying stock down on Aaron Jones. I'm not saying Aaron Jones is overrated, but I think sometimes Packers fans, we use him as a little bit of a crutch. It's like, oh, the Packers lost and couldn't score. Well, how many touches did Jones had? Oh, he had seven carries and three targets. Needs more, 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 more. It's like, well, He's not really doing that much with the, the with the with the touches and with the volume that he's getting. I don't know. He's an aging running back, yeah. and that's by the way, that's an indictment on the rest of the roster that we that we need Aaron Jones to be this guy. I I just don't think he's the fix all that Packers fans want to make him to be. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I, but I'm looking at a vanilla offense, and I think everybody else would agree this offense looks vanilla. It looks un, unexciting. It's just not excitable to watch, and I think. I thought when Jordan Love was really producing, he's kind of producing like he's on a two-minute drill. Why don't they kind of set that up? You know, even when Rodgers was here, we had a two-minute drill sometimes in the first, second quarter. We Mm -hmm. had to hurry up and get moving up to the line. Don't let the defense get adjusted to you and kind of get the ball rolling that way. What happened to that mindset? I would love to see a little just creativity, please. Bring something to the table other than run up the middle. One, two, three, punt. One, two, three, punt. One, two, three. Oh, penalty. Oh, we got two more penalties, and we get going backwards. We, it's just unbelievable. I'm expecting mistakes. I'm expecting growth with this team. I'm expecting struggle. But this is beyond struggle. This is kind of embarrassing. Um, and... Um, and we are the most penalized team yeah. in the NFL. Sounds if like I'm, you said if I heard correctly. Yeah. Yeah, we are. Well, that's, that's another frustrating awesome. thing. It's like, hey, 
I and and Ed, I'm going to get to some other callers. Outstanding analysis as always. I appreciate you. We're going to be talking Badger basketball Thanks, pretty soon. I look forward to that. Okay. Oh, I can't wait. I'm yeah. sold, Jack, for this team. Hell yeah, Ed and Madison. Appreciate you. Thanks for the call. Tell David Gasper I say hello and hit the weights hard. Um, we can't on one hand say, well, this offense needs to be simplified. And then on the other hand, be like, well, we need some creativity. We need something in June. Okay. But we got all these young guys that are trying to learn how to execute an NFL offense, how to run an NFL offense. There's just all these ideas working against each other right now. You know what I mean? Like, yes, I want creativity. I want different wrinkles in the offense, but also a lot of these rookies, a lot of these offensive linemen, they can't execute what they're being asked to do now and we want to keep more stuff on their play and, and this is why this season has obviously gone south the way that it has they've lost four or five in a row because you know, these are the problems we're talking about the penalties are a nightmare this offense is is poor and life is really difficult for this offense they're going to struggle to score points because they don't create explosive plays they're not efficient the completion percentage of jordan love is not high the yards per carry of the running game is not great but other than that, how is the play, Mrs. Lincoln? Yeah, exactly. What are they good at? Not much. So it, they really need to thread a needle to put a drive together and to go score. One penalty, cooked. Drive's over. One sack, cooked. Drive is over. Right? One negative play, cooked. Drive is over. It is so hard, so hard to score points and to put drives together when one negative play or one play for no, no gain cooks a drive when you can't overcome a second and 10 or when you can't overcome a third and eight. And, and that's you know, the position the Packers offense is in. 608-321-1670, Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? Grant, you are a man of your word. Oh, how so? Well, four weeks ago, I think I called in and I said, I'm officially jumping off the Matt LaFleur bandwagon. I'm officially moving from one side of the fence to the other. And you said... You know what, Vagabond and John? I'm not there yet. I see what you're saying. Mm-hmm. I still think Matt LaFleur is talented, mm-hmm. but I need a couple more weeks before I start, you know, to move off of the Matt LaFleur side. So now it sounds like you're not on either side of the fence. You're sitting directly on the fence, which is fine. <laughs> we're not even halfway through this season. Or we're, yeah. you know, the trade bin light just passed, literally. Uh so you're in a fine spot to be. So I just wanted to commend you on sticking to your word, not moving too fast one way or the other. You want to read the wind before you uh, yeah. put it sail, you know? Well, what's well, what's getting better, right? Like, And it, and it doesn't the have to be the Packers are winning more games or they're scoring more points. What looks better? What skill or what concept? Like, is there anything they're getting better at? I, I can't think of a single thing. Well, the Russian defense was tremendous on Sunday. The uh, Vikings were terrified of going for it on third and fourth and one because they're averaging, you know, what, 1.8 yards per carry with running back. So if you want to point to a thing, we can find it. That's a kicker, even though he missed one. Um, you know, I thought the kicker's been a bright spot, which is such, such a low fruit to pick. Oh, what's going well for your football? Well, you know, the kicker looks uh, better than we thought he would. Yeah. Well, I guess there's that. We have that going for us. <laughs> they haven't asked him to do anything. Uh, like, I think of Atlanta in week two when he had an opportunity to whatever kick it was, like a 55-yarder, and they didn't want him to kick. So it's not like they're asking their kicker to do a whole lot. They are asking a kicker with kind of a neutered workload to hit most of his kicks, and he's done that. So I guess great. If that's our West Bend silver lining, I guess that speaks to where this team is, which is why they've lost how many games in a row now. 
and it's why they're likely to continue to lose, and it's it's what we've signed up for. We haven't drafted in the top ten, and, you know, we don't do it very often. So excited to get that opportunity. Um, real quick on the Doug- Douglas trade, so you pick up a guy from the YMCA. You use him as a usable starter for two years. He gets disgruntled with the team, and you trade him to move up roughly, what, 40 to 50 spots in the draft. There's a Packer fan, and you save a bunch of cap space for next year while you're at it at a, a cornerback that's going to turn 30 shortly. Yeah, I think There's this a is Packer fine. fan out there that doesn't like this trade, you're an idiot. If you thought Rasul Douglas was really playing all that well, so well that we should invest for the next five to six years of his career, you, you've lost your mind. This dude's getting destroyed in man coverage every time putting his hands out there like he has no idea what the play call was. I'm sorry, not everybody else looks quite as confused as you, my friend. So go to Buffalo. Live out the last two years of your life in the playoffs. Have some fun out there. Good for him. Good for the Packers. More draft capital. Uh, We can use a third-round pick to move up two spots in the first and maybe, you know, get Drake May if we need to. But I I love the move. You had to trade at least somebody. And I thought Douglas makes a lot of sense, uh, given his age, given his price, and given where we're at. What do you think Brian Gutekinds is going to say tomorrow when he speaks to the media? What's what's the message? I hope he just, I, you know, I, I I just want these guys to just let go a little bit, right? Loosen up the, the tie a little bit and let loose. Yeah, we had a guy who didn't want to be here, and we got rid of him. Any questions? <laughs> I would love, I would love for a GM to come out there and, and say that, right? If you don't want to be here, we'll we'll find you somewhere that you want to go. Perfect. Go play for Buffalo. You'll have fun. It's going to be cold. You're already used to it. Go have fun. By the way, your Donovan Peoples-Jones hype today was a little over the top. Well, we haven't. Okay, so we haven't talked about that yet. One thing that I wanted to bring up on tonight's show, and we've been busy with calls, and and I I believe that I brought that point up on Twitter before Rasul Douglas was traded. So Chase Young to the Niners. Um, What are the the, Donovan Peoples-Jones to the Lions? And then what's the other? Rasul Douglas to the Bills, of course. And my point on Twitter was, those are the types of moves that the Packers were really hesitant to make when they were trying to get to a Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers. Is that unfair to say? Like, the Packers were never the team that gave up a third-rounder to get an extra D-lineman or a fifth-rounder to get an extra wide receiver or a third-rounder to get an extra corner. That's fair, right? That These types of trades were never the trades the Packers would make when they were trying to contend with Rodgers. I think that's 100% fair. I think that's fair, sure. I also don't know that these are the types of moves that turn fringe contenders into solid contenders, right? Like, I don't know that Donovan Peoples-Jones, with his NVS slash Alan Lazard levels of production year over year, but is such a different player. Oh, oh, vagabond John, but now you're just looking at numbers, and I can't abide by that. Like, he's a very <laughs> different type of player. And, he, and he's a depth piece. Like, I never wanted the Packers to trade for a superstar wide receiver, but a veteran who's been around and played in some games to maybe get EQ off the field in an NFC championship yeah. game, you're telling me that that might have made a difference. That could have made a difference. I remember Sammy Watkins. I don't think it went that well. I remember Devin Funches. Sammy Watkins, that's in. different. Donovan Peoples-Jones is not a, a, a fragile veteran. That's different. I don't know, Grant. I think you're digging here. Donovan Peoples-Jones is not a name many people know for a reason. That's and not true. he's a veteran player at this point. And, you know, we tried Funches. We tried Watkins. So to your point, saying the Packers never did it. Sure, they never made in-season moves. But it's, it's silly to say that they haven't brought in veterans. I mean, they brought back Cobb, of course. But, like, 
they, they brought in veterans. They just didn't work out, and that's okay. I mean, what if Sammy Watkins did work out? That would have been cool, but it didn't. But to say that they never tried, I also think is a little dishonest. That's, that's different. Those guys were way over the hill. They were old, really old. Like, Sammy Watkins had been on how many teams in how many years, and Devin Funches hadn't made a roster in how many years or hadn't been on a roster for a full season. So, I look, I 100% agree with you. There are a lot of Packers fans that would say Rodgers got screwed for the last 10 years. They never did anything to help him. That's not true. I think the Packers were very functional. They they remained a, with a very high floor. They always had good offensive lines. They, for the most part, had good wide receivers. I, I think Rodgers had more than a fair shake in Green Bay. But And I think this is a trend in the league, too. These teams, these contenders are just getting more active at the deadline. We didn't see these moves four or five years ago, even. So it's not just the Packers. And I want to make sure that's clear. It's not like everyone else was making these moves in 2016 and the Packers weren't. Nobody was. The, the trade deadline's gotten way more active in recent years. Also, like, if um, Donovan Peoples-Jones goes to the Lions, and I think he's on the last year of his contract. Mm-hmm. Now we're getting to baseball territory, to your point from earlier in the show, where is he just considered a rental? Is there because anything wrong with that? To, if he is just a rental, is there anything wrong that? with that? No, but I think that's, to your point, I'm agreeing with you. Oh, he dropped. Well, uh, John, DM me your parting shots, because I know you're on Twitter. Uh, i got to take a break anyways, so we'd probably have enough Donovan Peoples-Jones discourse. We'll keep talking about the trade deadline. Coming up next. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. Uh, my apologies to Vagabond John. Uh, although I don't know how the call dropped. It could have been on his end, but his parting shot and he sent it to me on Twitter was basically we can't compare 2016 through 2020 Packers to emergent trends in the NFL. And that's reasonable. The trade deadline has gotten a lot more active the last couple of years and it's gotten more fun because why isn't it worth a third round pick or a second round pick for the Niners to rent Chase Young for a year and maybe resign him if they want to. And if he leaves at the end of this year, they get a compensatory pick. Depending on what happens, I don't pretend to understand compensatory picks 100%, but that's in the works as a possibility as well. Why isn't it worth it for the Detroit Lions, who haven't won anything since, you know, to quote Bill Michael, since Moses was a baby, the division is, is it's unfolding like a, like a paved road at their feet with no obstacles. The Bears stink, and their quarterback is hurt. The Packers stink, and they just made themselves worse. The Vikings just lost their quarterback, and they got off to a flat start. You're telling me it's not worth a six-round pick for the Lions to rent Donovan Peoples-Jones? And I'm not saying Donovan Peoples-Jones is some amazing wide receiver, but, God, people on Twitter today trying to tell me he stinks. He doesn't stink. So if Jamison Williams gets dinged up a little bit, has to miss a week, or maybe he bets on sports again and he gets his ass suspended for a year, It's not worth it for the Lions who are trying to contend and win for the first time in a million years to spend a six-round pick to have a good wide receiver on their team for the next 10 games, even if it's just the next 10 games. You're telling me it's not worth it? It's 100% worth it. Or the Bills, who are trying like hell to get over the hump with Josh Allen. They've been so close. They've had the teams. They just need to break through. You're telling me it's not worth a third-round pick to get Rasul Douglas to to help kind of stem the tide after Tredavious White got hurt? 
I feel like for years, football GMs are like, well, I can't give up a third-round pick for that guy. Well, I can't give up I mean, maybe a sixth, but I'll, I'd never do it for a fourth-round pick. Do you hear yourself? Do you hear yourself right now? I can't give up a, a fourth-round pick for, for Chase Young. Why not a third-round pick to rent him? You're trying to win a Super Bowl. There is a fine line. Well, actually, you know what? It's not a fine line. There's a very big line between what the Rams did with Andy Stafford. There's like trade every first round pick, multiple firsts for Jalen Ramsey, multiple firsts for Matthew Stafford. There's that. And then there's, hey, let's rent Chase Young for a third round pick. There's a world of difference. And I feel like football GMs and football people, a very stubborn community of coaches and decision makers and scouts. You're telling me that that a third round, but we can't do it because of a third round pick. Listen to yourself. Stop being so stubborn. It's a third round pick. The same third, the third round pick has brought us such great hits like Sean Ryan and Amari Rogers and Jay Sternberger and Oren Burks. And you're like, well, then the Packers should get better at picking players in the third round. Yeah, they all, they should, but also the draft is a little bit of a crapshoot. So to act like the third round pick carries the way to gold man, the Niners are trying to win. The Lions are trying to win. And I wonder, you know, if GMs would have figured this out five or six years ago instead of like last year and the year before, teams were really starting to put this together. And maybe the Rams winning had a a, a part to play in all of this. I I don't know. Again, there's a massive difference between trading six first round picks for your quarterback and a star corner and and trading a third round pick to rent Chase Young, right? There's a big difference there, but maybe a little bit of the Rams thinking kind of permeated the rest of the league where general managers are like, "Eh, maybe I could give up one pick. Oh, this really good player and we're trying to win. Maybe I could give up a third round pick. And everyone's looking around like, duh, of of course you could. Oh, my God. I don't know. Teams have really started to figure it out. Good for the Niners. Good for the Bills. And I'm not saying that Chase Young is going to put the Niners over the top or Rasul Douglas is going to put the Bills over the top. The midseason trade is never as impactful as we think it's going to be. Now I'm going all Ryan Rasillo. We always, you know, we always think these midseason trades are, you look back through history and all these champions, they, they got over the hump with. It was great acquisition at the deadline. That's not true. It's a, it's a lot more Nikola Miritich's than it is Matthew Stafford. I'll tell you that right now. No, that's I, I don't mean to, to poo-poo trade deadline acquisitions. They are a supplement, right? You add Rasul Douglas onto a defense that is already good. You add Chase Young onto a defensive line that is already good. In the case of the Eagles last year, you add Nadamik and Sue and others to an already deep group so you can rotate them through and, and, and have backups in case of injury, that kind of thing. You know what I mean? You're not, for the most part, probably trading for a player that reinvents defense. Like the, the like the Packers are not trading for a player or the Bills, you know, put the Packers out of this. The Bills are not trading for a player that reinvents defense and completely takes them from a bottom of the league defense to a top of the league defense. These are supplementary. Chase Young, Donovan Peoples-Jones. Donovan Peoples-Jones is going to be a nice piece in that Lions offense. He's not going to catch 100 balls. But I don't think the Packers ever needed a guy, you know, at the end with Rodgers to catch 100 balls. He needed someone that was not the corpse of Devin Funches or Sammy Watkins. Again, there, there's a difference between trading three firsts for a player like Christian McCaffrey and signing the bones and the carcass of Sammy Watkins. Like, there, there is a middle ground. Acquiring Donovan Peoples-Jones for a sixth-round pick is a middle ground. Right, There is a difference between starting Carrington Valentine and trading multiple firsts for Jalen Ramsey. 
Oh, third round pick for Russell Douglas. Okay, that's, that's reasonable. These reasonable picks. Yeah, you're giving up a pick, but you're getting a solid player and you're supplementing a unit that might need the help because of injury, might need the depth because depth wins in the NFL, especially on uh, on the defensive line, on the back end. You need bodies. Look no more than Kevin King wasn't 100% in 2020, but the Packers didn't have anyone they thought was good enough to plug in there. They didn't try Tamon Williams. It burned him. You know, maybe if they would add a, a Rasul Douglas type, for example, on the back end, maybe it would have been different. Who knows? Who knows? All right, I'm ranting about the trade deadline. Let's take a break. We'll come back. Talk Packers, talk Rasul Douglas, and talk what comes next. Mike Clemens joins the Wisco Sports Show. We're back in five minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Uh, obviously tough to watch you know just way too many mistakes penalties drops not being able to convert on third down conversely not getting off the grass on third down struggles in the red zone starting the game out i want to say four three and outs yeah it's hard to get into a rhythm offensively that opening statement uh, i'm glad matt lafleur drew the same conclusion as the rest of us that was obviously tough to watch like yeah all right we're on the we're on the same page we watched the same game. Mike Clemens is joining us here. It's the Wisco Sports Show. Mike, did you also think, was that tough to watch for you as well? Did you come to the same conclusion? Uh, it's been tougher to watch now that I've gone through the the game tape. Yeah. For example, uh, this one play where, first of all, Josiah DeGore is supposed to pull and go to the right and take out somebody, a linebacker or something. And I just talked to Tucker Kraft about this, the rookie tight end. And I said, you know, I obviously you looking for somebody. But are you hitting the right guy? You know, rather than just hit the first guy that you see, I know in you know past years I've had explained to them, no, actually there's there's plays where you want that tight end to hit the guy at the next level because Aaron Jones can take care of the first guy with his speed and his cut and the angle. So you know they're making mistakes like that. But on this one play, everybody on the offensive line, including Elton Jenkins, really he kind of got uh, blocked out by Josh Myers made a mistake, and three defensive uh, linemen from the Vikings were free and stopped, uh, I think it was A.J. Dillon, right behind the center. I mean, it was a total breakdown of the offensive line. And I, when we know from even what the Packers were saying last week, man, Brian Flores has got some, some tough disguises to figure out the way these guys do crosses. But uh, here's the thing. So are you surprised they traded Rasul Douglas? Absolutely. Absolutely. The guy's under contract. You think he's going to be another two or three years. You think he's going to be there alongside Jair Alexander, and then you're bringing up you know rookies like Carrington Valentine and all that. What I mean, what are you're just pouring fuel on the fire? You basically you're waving the white flag and saying, yeah, we don't care. Now listen, Rasul Douglas has been outspoken. He's been outspoken. He's been frustrated by these losses, and it started when we were in Las Vegas against the Raiders, and I had that clip that I played for you and Bill where Rasul said, you know, I'm tired of this. You know, we're doing our jobs. We're, um, uh, we're, we're not, you know, making it seem to be making progress. People are making mistakes. And then we're going to hear Matt tomorrow morning, all dog morning long, going over this and going over that. So he was, but he was being honest. Yeah. He was being honest. He wasn't necessarily attacking his teammates or the coaches or anything, just a guy that was frustrated with losing 
and just a little bit of a peek behind the door to say, and this means another long team meeting for an hour, hour and a half of Matt LaFleur standing up there and lecturing us about, you know, why we're bad and, and instead of getting that off. Well, now weeks go later, and, and so now we're, we're, in, uh, we're in Denver. And he gives up that touchdown to Cortland Sutton, which made it 16-3 to in favor of the Broncos. And Douglas says, you know, what happened on that play? Because it looked like the guy just got around you. And he said, yeah, it was, it was a pick. I got picked. It was a pick and roll on that. And here's, here's what he said. He didn't let me get over top of him. So, like, as soon as I seen Sutton take his two steps, I was like, oh, it's a pick play. And I tried to run right to it. But 82, he was running with his hands up in the air. And he wouldn't let me get around him. I'm like, bro, this ain't a route. Like, the f***? But was she pushing Owens into you? Yeah, because he was trying to make sure I couldn't get over top. Because that was the only way I stopped. More than a yard downfield. Man, I don't know what the rest call. They didn't call. They call a lot of holding on us, but on them it was just mm, so. I feel like one of those. Interesting, Mike. There were a lot of instances, you know, in the red zone. Packers give up a touchdown, and Rasul Douglas would be looking around like, "Where was my help? Or why didn't the safety slide over? Or where was the flag on this or that?" And I, like, I never know how to interpret that at, at home. When I'm watching, is that a player that, that, you know, defensive backs, they never think they're in the wrong, right? They always think they're winning. the. That's kind of their mentality. But with Rasul Douglas, you know, he's played a long time. Like he's played a lot of football. If he seems to think someone blew an assignment, I'm inclined to believe him more than most corners. It seems like in the last month or so, Rasul Douglas is sort of a self-appointed captain. And like if, and you know, Jair has been out with a bad back that we found that was caused by friendly fire in practice by backup quarterback Alex Magoo playing a little too a little too much, uh, you know, playing as a tight end. So that's why, you know, your most expensive defensive Which, player outside of, of uh, Rashawn Gary. So what the hell? Like, how do you allow that to happen? I, know, I, I saw stupid. that headline. I was like, what the hell? It's just is the stupid. This is the stupid things that happen one day after another, one play after another. And people start saying, they'll immediately say bad coaching, bad coaching. It's a little bit of everything. It's it's too many rookies at the same time and no leaders in each of those position rooms. You know, your veterans at wide receiver, you know, a complicated job at times, are second-year players. Yeah. And you, then you lose Bakhtiari, you know, and you probably – that was wishful thinking to think that he really was going to come back and play left tackle, but you already were on the hook for the money and – and every time you put him in a game, including the Bears game, he was locked down. He was outstanding. So, anyway, getting back to Rasul, uh, here's another thing you'd see. Like, after every game lately, I'm usually always the first into the locker room. I'm kind of a geek that way. Yeah, you're quick. Uh, and I go, I go in, and there's Rasul Douglas talking to Jordan Love again. And I'm hoping that it was in a t- totally supportive way, that he's, you know, that he's trying to help him out. Hey, here's what I saw that that secondary was trying to do. And, you know, this is post game; the game's over. But after every loss, and then to me, actually, in some ways, it looked like Jordan was seeking out Rasul. But I mean, the last game, or no, no, when we were in uh, Denver, I'm kind of getting my locker rooms mixed up. In Denver, it almost looked like Jordan Love was actually seeking out Rasul in the middle of the locker room. They waited 25 minutes before they let us in in Denver, so I knew something had gone on post-game after the loss to the Broncos in terms of frustration. So, you know, Rasul is like just trying to be on the record saying, 
yeah, we know our, our offense is slow in the first half, but we're making mistakes in the second half, too. We could have gotten off the field here and there. But the way he says it, it sounds like he's pointing fingers. So it, he was asked, does he blame Jordan Love and the offense for not scoring enough points again in the first half? Honestly, bro, like I said every week, always self-critical of us and the defense. I never care about what the offense do because they do whatever the hell they want to do. But as much bad as they played the first half, we was up one point in the fourth quarter with like six, seven minutes to go. We got to get off the field, bro. Like, everybody can say what they want to say around here, but we got to get off the field, bro. Like, they played terrible, cool. Gave us a chance up, one, I get off the grass. Like, I feel like every third down in the second half, we got a penalty. And gave them first down. They didn't get no first downs. Like, holding, 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 holding. I'm like, bro, what? So, I blame the defense. Like, I always do. It's always on us. We don't want to put the ball in the offensive hand to be able to to win or lose a game. Like, it's supposed to be on us, but that's what we got to do. And they gave us a chance, you know what I'm saying, up one, and we ain't get off the grass. We be holding the three, but could have held the zero, you know what I mean, a punt, so. Rasul's been very boisterous, but, Mike, you've you've covered a lot of football players. Like, I thought of Mike Daniels, right, a, a player that was very outspoken, and, and he was, I don't know, maybe the centerpiece or one of the centerpieces on Packers defenses that weren't very good, and, and I've heard from you and I've read from others that that kind of graded on people. It's like, oh, Mike Daniels being a loudmouth again. Was Rasul Douglas a, a vocal leader or, or was he someone who was just talking a lot? Like, like how was he received? Because I keep hearing, I, I would see clips of him. I heard a lot of quotes. How was that received in the locker room and, and by Packers media? How was all this interpreted? He, was, he came into Green Bay shy, looking left and right. One word, two word answers. Because mm-hmm. he did not want to get on that radar. He wanted to earn a job here. And, of course, then he made a couple of terrific, spectacular plays seemingly to be around the ball. And he and his teammates are saying, yeah, this new guy, man, he's the first one in and the last one out. I mean, he knows the game plan inside and out. He knows what the opponents are going to do. And it wasn't until after he got paid that I think he felt that, okay, maybe I need to step it up. I can be a little bit more of a vocal guy. I'm a little more secure. And And even though they went through the stuff with Joe Barry last year in terms of confusion with coverages and all that mm-hmm. um he played it out but this is a this is a new level of frustration he's had and i think that he just had that i've got to think that this is part of the deal i've got to think that something happened back there in a meeting or that he was he ticked off a coach or a couple of other players but i've got to think that personality had something to play with so i'll tell you this Gutekinds has called for a press conference tomorrow morning that's rare yeah. So, you know, he's going to pitch this probably like, hey, look, we had an opportunity to pick up, you know, these two or three picks from uh, or a third round pick. He got a third round pick. So now I've got like five picks in the top three rounds next year in the draft. But, you know, everything's next year, next year, next year, next year. All of these guys. Yeah. Uh, here's another clip from Rasul on, you know, what bothers him after a three game losing streak at this point? You said you're sick of seeing the locker room sad. Do you feel like people are still sad? No, I'm sick of seeing y'all come in here. This week you said you're Uh, sick of seeing the locker room sad. Do you feel like everyone's still sad, or are they? Yeah, everybody. Yeah, they mad. They mad. But we just we just lost a dipper. Not not saying that they terrible, but come on, we got we supposed to win, man. We got to win, and it's just hard for us to win. So. Whatever we got to do to change that, I think that's what we got to do. I love it. It was shades of, of Aaron Rodgers last year against Detroit saying, you know, to lose that way to that team. Rasul Douglas is a little more delicate. Like, I'm not saying that they stink, but you know, they were on. really 
Yeah, Grant, they were really frustrated in Bronc and in the Broncos lost. Really frustrated because that's one of those games where you're out there hitting these guys for three and a half, four quarters. Say, why aren't we beating these guys? Yeah, what do we do? We can beat these guys. That was supposed to be the worst defense in the league, and what did they do? They turn around and beat the Chiefs the next week. That's why we love the NFL. That's why I recommend you boys and girls do not bet on these games because yeah. you never know what's going to happen. But I will tell you this now. The guy who said to us, when well, we said, what's going on at halftime in some of these games? Like like today in Denver, what's going on? And he says, you know, he comes down, he gives us plan B, we work or plan A, and we worked out on that all week. He comes in and changes it to plan B. Okay, we're going to do with this. And there's like no emotion, no connection or anything. My interpretation was that when he said comes down, He's talking about Joe Barry, the defensive coordinator, who Matt LaFleur put up top during the summer that I recognized. You know, I was on the binoculars, like, where's Joe Barry? Where's, is he sick? Wait, is he? And then I saw him in the, in, the, in the press box, and but he's up here now. And I asked LaFleur about it, and he says, yeah, we moved him out there to see if he can get a better view, and maybe he can help, you know, the, with the play calling. He can call from the radio headset upstairs. And I thought he was talking about Barry. Another reporter said, I think he's talking about LaFleur. Well, whatever the case, he toned it down this past weekend in the loss to the Vikings. And here's what, how he just said, look, man, we got to be a better team. I feel like it's on me, though. You know what I mean? Like, I ain't, I'm not leading the right way. Uh, i got to find better ways to lead. And how I'm leading is not good enough. So i got to go back to the drawing board myself um, and find a different way to lead. Uh, a few of them, we just got penalized on um, just not communicating. Uh, wasn't on the all on the same page, uh, and they made plays. I mean, you're not as far off as we think we are. I mean, don't let like the score doesn't like always show the outcome. Uh, I just told them like we just got to be better on defense. Um, to provide more opportunities. Uh, we had a few third and longs, and they converted them. Um, as a defense, we can't give up that. We got to be good on third and longs. That's a hard uh, conversion to make, and we got to make it hard. Mike Clemens is here. Mike, you tell me, a lot of frustration after Vegas, a lot of frustration after Denver. And since then, it's like, well, we're just not a good team. Now we're just disappointed. Now we're just bummed. Now we're just tired. It it felt like maybe some of that anger and and some of that vitriol about losing, like they just ran out of it. They've lost too many games in a row. And I I don't know. That sounds like a player that's resigned to the fact that he's on a bad team. He might have been making a bad situation worse. You know, even before they opened up the doors. You know what I'm saying? What do you mean by that? Like, dude, we all know that we sucked and we just lost another game. You don't have to make it any worse by yelling and... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yes. you don't have to... Yep. You're, not, you're not helping this situation. Yeah. You're really not. And we're getting sick and tired of you. So, uh, so Rasul Douglas, very big a surprise to me, really. Traded away to an AFC contender, the Buffalo Bills today. Gudikins gives away Rasul Douglas and a fifth-round pick next spring and in return gets a third round pick and so that means the Packers now will have five picks in just the first three rounds next spring so yes the rebuild continues the rebuild continues Matt LaFleur asked yesterday afternoon are you making any changes any changes to coaching staff or consultants are you going to bring on make me a consultant to take a look at this or or how you prepare for the week um, yeah, we're we're gonna shake some things up in terms of our process, our, our weekly rhythm, and um, how we operate Wednesday through Saturday to try to get this thing going a little bit quicker to make sure that we're extremely intentional and deliberate. And 
Um, not as much the practices. Um, I'm a big believer in, in kind of how we manage that workload, but just how we install being more deliberate with our walkthrough reps and, and what we're give, presenting our guys, and as well as the practice reps. I think that's really what it comes down to, making sure that these guys get the the looks that they need in order to go out there and execute at a high level. Mike, I keep going back to that post-game quote from Sunday from Matt LaFleur where he's like, well, we couldn't even get into our game plan, right? All the things that we prepared for and we worked on, we couldn't get into it because we couldn't get out of our own way. We couldn't get out of third and long. And I'm thinking, Matt, we've been doing this for a month now. The game plan's got to change to a game plan that helps combat some of these issues. Otherwise, and this is this makes me sick to my stomach, Mike, to think that they worked on all this stuff all week long in install and in walkthrough and in practice and in meetings, and none of it was of any use to them on Sunday because it all hinged on them staying out of third and long, which they've shown over and over and over again for a month that they can't do. It's just such an inefficient way to prepare for a game, if what Matt LaFleur has said is true. How bad did it have to be for Brian Gutekinds to pick up the phone or get an offer from the Bills for you've got Jair Alexander with a bad back. He's 50% at best right now. Right, yeah. Eric Stokes is on IR right now, kids. Yep. <laughs> um, Carrington Valentine, a rookie, okay. He's, I mean, uh, Keyshawn Nixon is back there. They've got... They brought up Corey Ballantyne, a guy from the from the uh, from the practice squad. I mean, how bad did it have to be to get rid of you know currently your best veteran corner right now in the middle of a four game losing streak? Let me let me ask you this, Mike Clemens, point blank: If Rasul Douglas is soft spoken and like any other player, and does not stand out in his post game commentary to the media about losing, is is he traded today? No, I don't think so. I, 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 you know, that's my first guess. Unless Brian Gutekinds tomorrow morning tells us something completely different, it doesn't add up. It it, it just doesn't add up because I don't see where there's – name one budding talent. You know, Valentine had a great camp, but, but really, sir, name one guy that's now a one- or two-year player that's going to take that spot Yeah. that, that, that you think this guy's going to be a top-shelf corner alongside Jair for the next two or three years. Needs reps. No. Yeah. 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 Nope. It, it, it's, it's not happening. So there's that. There's the fact that the last time they made a trade, I think it was 2018. Let's see. I remember they cut Ty Montgomery after he took that ball out against the Rams. They traded Clinton Dix. I don't remember what they, year they, that right, was. Because, because he was whiffing. It was a, I think it was the same year, Grant. Remember he just sort of gave up on a couple of plays and tackles yeah. in the end zone at the Coliseum? By the way, do you know who one of the captains was? The honorary captains uh, this past Sunday against the Vikings for the Packers, Rasul Douglas, Ha Ha Clinton Dix, oh, really? and and Eddie Lacy. Oh God, yeah, we can we can re- we can replay some of those those career highlights that Ha Ha so Clinton Dix hope. had in the playoffs. Maybe we'll see Rasul, you know, seven eight years from now as the honorary captain up there and his face on the scoreboard. Time heals all wounds. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? He's kind of going to the Packers of the AFC, which I think is kind of cool. I hope that I'll pull for the Bills. I'll pull for him. Um, I don't. Hey, I, I don't like what you've told me about how this trade came to be. Who, who knows? Who knows? After the news got out in the locker room today, hey, they just traded Rasul to Buffalo. Like what? You know, I'm sure like maybe Aaron Jones says, "Hey, can I go along too? Can you? Can you send me?" Anyone else? Was it just just Rasul? Oh, okay, yeah, just him. All right. 
No, I was I just curious, just asking. I'd, I'd, like the, I'd like a shot at the playoffs. Can I go too, please? Oh, my God, no kidding. Mike Clements, I appreciate you. You'll be on Bill's show throughout the week. We'll talk on Thursday again, getting ready hey, for the Rams game. Talk to you then. Mike Clements on Twitter, at Mike Clements NFL. Go follow him. Appreciate him. Yeah, I don't like that. I don't like the idea that they traded someone just because he's been unhappy with losing. That's bad process. Let's take one final three-minute break. We'll wrap up the show next. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. Wrapping things up. Check out what you missed in the podcast. Some reaction, impassioned reaction to the Rasul Douglas trade. We appreciate Mike Clemens and his time. He'll be on with Bill tomorrow and then tomorrow night on the huddle as well. Cassidy Hill, PackersNews.com. Very close with Rasul Douglas. She's going to join us tomorrow night, so we have that to look forward to. Enjoy your Wednesday evening. I'll be back tomorrow. Talk to you at 4.